High Well Trust podcast presented by Roshin O'Hagan and Jared Dean. Welcome to episode two of the Hollywell podcast. My name is Jared Dean and I'm joined by Roshin O'Hagan. Before we get on to today's content, of course, we have to thank our funders who are the Department of Foreign Affairs Reconciliation Fund, Community Relations Council for our ongoing core funding, as well as Derry City and Strabane District Council for core funding. And of course, the Executive Office through the Central Good Relations Fund who supported the testimony interviews that we've done. Coming up today on the podcast, we're going to hear later on from Maureen Hetherington about the Junction's new publication, Reformed, Always to be Reformed, and an update on the Hollywell Stew Project. Civic activism first. Rousey, do you want to give us a wee update on how things are going there? Project's going well. I know in our last discussions we were talking about the citizen jury, the young people's citizen jury, which, which went really well. So the topics that we're focusing on now is debt and poverty and the city centre. Those are our last two things to look at. Debt and poverty, we've had our study group process. We've had a really good range of participants from Citizens Advice Bureau, the Credit Union, the Church's Trust, the Foil Food Bank, First Housing and Apex Housing. And we've had some really great discussions a lot of issues coming up around just families and individuals that are really struggling and people not being aware of what to do if they're in debt and that stigma about being ashamed about trying to look for help and just all the changes to benefits that a lot of families aren't aware of that are really going to hit them hard and just that whole you know so many people are in poverty because we don't have enough employment and enough jobs in in the city We are getting a bit of piece of research done looking at Scotland and how they've tried to deal with debt and poverty. Uh, and maybe we're thinking we can learn something from them and maybe learn from some of the initiatives that they've undertaken. And we're looking specifically at Glasgow because they have a very high rate of, of child poverty. We're also going to be starting pop-up discussions. Uh, so we'll be out and about around the city centre. And we're also hoping to set up a, a social cafe here in our building, which will provide the opportunity for us to talk about these issues as people come in and have, have a cup of tea. I'll be asking them to have discussions with me around debt and poverty. And also the other thing being the city centre. We've started the study group process. We're kind of going to do that a wee bit differently this time. Uh, We're going to have individual meetings with, I suppose, stakeholders and people who are responsible for the city centre. So we have people like City Centre Initiative and PSNI and representatives from Derry City and Strabane Council. So we've started that um, and we're looking at some of the issues with just some of the issues that they're having to deal with with regards to the city centre. What's coming up mainly is street drinking is, is one of the issues that they're is a, it needs to be addressed, and I think there's just challenges around it, really. So that that's that's one of the things. But generally, it's really quite positive. You know, they're they're all saying that there's definitely been an increase in the amount of tourists and visitors to to the city, and are always complimentary of it, of the feedback, and 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 just how the, the our city centre actually does look really well, despite having some closed shops. There is a, lo- a lovely feel about the city centre, and I think that's reflected in the fact that more people are, are coming here to visit. Sorry, Rosie, the next you have an upcoming jury for the yeah. debt and poverty. That'll be first one. Yeah, that the debt and poverty and citizen jury. Once we complete the study process and the um, pop up discussions, we'll have the citizen jury on the thirty first of May here in our building, so everybody's welcome. We'll be promoting that and everybody's welcome to attend. So that should be good. And then again, that same process for the city centre. We'll be doing pop-up discussions and are finishing off with the citizen jury around the city centre theme as well. Okay, so people see you on the street. Don't yeah, people, no, don't run away. You have to get, 
<laughs> you have to stand and talk to me. <laughs> Aye, and the social caveat that you're talking about, the payoff for that is if you get a cup of tea. You know, yeah, you'll get a cup of tea. You might even get a scone and or a sandwich. But at the same time, I'll be getting you to talk to me and getting feedback from people as regards those issues. So I'm really looking forward to that, actually. It should be really good, I think. Aye. Just have a good old chat with people and over a cup of tea. Well, coming up a wee bit later, we're going to hear from Maureen Hetherington talking about the Reformed Always to be Reformed publication. Miss an episode of the Hollywell Trust or Hollywell Testimonies podcast? Well, thanks to our on-demand service on SoundCloud.com and Apple Podcasts, you can catch up on all of our previous episodes, including the Caroline Brown testimony. And he was on the right-hand side of the street. Now, this foot patrol's coming, but I'm walking. But he makes his way up on the right-hand side of the street that is sort of, we're level together. And he turns round and he goes, it's not be long, he says, until you and I, he says, will be walking down the street together, hand in hand. The Civic Activism Podcast with the theme, A City with Young People in Mind. The percentage of 100 young people who wanted to leave was 95. So 95 out of 100 young people did not see their future in Derry and did not intend to come back, which means that for your generation, (laughs) there's not going to be anybody left. And for those that are here, there won't be a voice to speak on your behalf. Or our first Testimonies podcast, an interview with Seamus Heaney. All of that kind of made me feel a desire for, I don't know if I would call it now revenge, although I think an element of it was revenge. Uh, I think a big part of it was just the need to see some form of justice, some kind of atonement for what had been done to me as an individual, to my family and to what I would see as our community, our society. Just go to soundcloud.com and search for Hollywell Trust or go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and search for Hollywell Trust. Maureen, delighted you could join us. Do you want to give us your name? And My name is Maureen Hetherington and I'm the coordinator of The Junction. And The Junction is a community relations resource and peace building initiative. We have been going now for about approximately 18 years. For those people that don't know the organisation, I'm talking to you like I've never met you before and mm. don't know the organisation. Mm. I think we're co-funded through the same letter of offer, so yeah. I think I know a wee bit about it. But for those that are listening that maybe don't, could you give a wee bit of background and say what the core work of the junction would be? Well, you know, it started, um, and that, that in itself is an interesting journey, when I was a community relations officer with Derry City Council, working very closely with Hollywell Trust because it was one of the big uh, leaders in community development, community relations at the time. The junction was an idea, partly from myself and a number of community relations practitioners, to see how we could, number one, support other people in the field of community relations and try to provide resources, because resources can be quite expensive, and support people to do the work that needed to be done around um, community relations and peace building. And it was also trying to create a space where people could come to meet and not see each other as competition, but rather see each other as collaborators and collaborative partnerships, helping each other rather than seeing each other as somebody who's in competition with Mm. them. So essentially it was set up to try and build relationships within and between uh, individuals and communities to do the work. And then, of course, it evolved into what it is today. And it has been a model that has sort of... It's moved from just doing almost like firefighting and reacting to building community education resources and doing community 
education that deals with all levels of peace building and community relations work and we're so privileged to have really good thinkers behind the work mm. not only the board but in support through people like Johnson McMaster, Kathy Higgins, yourselves obviously and other people on the board who have international experience but are very grounded in the work that they do here at the grassroots level. Mm. So we, we do community relations work, consultancy work, working at the grassroots uh, around a whole range of peace building initiatives, but also we're proactively looking at a number of different initiatives that we feel are important to help inform you know, a society that we want, uh, and that includes building inclusive and rights-respecting, open and you know, welcoming hmm. place for all. I suppose one of the projects that you're best known for recently would have been Ethical and Shared Remembering. Yeah. Can you tell us a wee bit about that? That was a project Johnson McMaster had come to me in 2007, or actually I'd gone to him to write a chapter uh, for the Towards Understand and Healing project, mm-hmm. which is separate, but we support it. He wrote a chapter about how we might remember the upcoming big centennial events from 1912 to 1922 that actually shaped Ireland, the social, cultural, political, economic landscape of Ireland. And, you know, through the development of resources, we could maybe perhaps think about if we are wanting a shared future, how might we remember these huge events and the opportunity to explore them in a way that could help us deal with the past but also vision a much better and different future and almost lay the past to rest. Mm. So it was looking at that big decade, looking at what it is that we remember, not cherry picking. So we worked on guidelines about how we might remember. And that was looking at, you know, how we might remember ethically, might remember the context of the past, always remembering context, remember the future that we want. And then try as best that we could to remember together. So it, it was drawn up guidelines, drawn up a really good training programme, which was very interesting because a lot of people came on the training simply to find out more about a history that they weren't familiar with. Right. And the decade isn't over yet, they're still about to go. We're halfway through and I think that the second half is going to be much more complex and much more difficult than the first half. Mm. So, yeah. So And, and, and at the moment... We're looking at in a, in a thematic way where we're actually breaking it down into big key themes in the second half and trying to develop a training resource that, that could go out the wider community. And also, as you well know, Jared, it's not just about looking at the past, but in the current context of Brexit, of the Trump elections, for example, yeah. of what has happened with Macron and France just more recently. You know, everything is in a context and we've got to explore that by looking at the past, but also the events and the big themes that shaped uh, Ireland then, if you look at them today, they're still there and they're actually affecting what's happening to us now. So when you're actually looking at the past, you're also looking at where we are now and do we want the same mistakes to be repeated or do we want to vision a different future? And that's what the challenge of the resources are. So the new resource, the reformed always to be reformed, Again, written by Johnson McMaster. Mm-hmm. It goes back even further. It mm-hmm. starts looking at reformations as far back as the 16th century. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a wee bit about, well, I suppose the Ethical and Shared Remembering Project is probably uh-huh. a bit of the background to where yeah. this new initiative came from. Yeah. Is there a bit more to the story? It was the importance of looking at how the past has shaped us into who we are today. The realisation that most of us don't know half 
of what has taken place that has shaped us, or mm-hmm. we only know half. Uh, so it is about trying to build a knowledge base out in the community and try to, you know, live alongside people, work alongside people and learn alongside people as to their perceptions. And and the Reformations, this is the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther when he pinned his uh, theses uh, to the door mm. of the Wittenberg, the church. And whenever you do that, that means that you're up for a debate. And this whole idea of the Reformations, there will be commemorations around the Reformations. And of course, they're all theologically based. And I think that our sectarianism on this island was very much shaped, obviously, from the Reformations, but it has been interpreted by both the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church in very different ways. Mm. But it has also helped to embed sectarianism here. And in order to try to move away from sectarianism, you absolutely need to know the roots and you need to unpack it from there to understand. And it's not good enough just to have a notion and have these perceptions of the other. You need to know what were the roots and how can we move from them. Mm -hmm. So Martin Luther isn't the only person that's explored in this book. Erasmus came before Martin Luther, but again, with ethical and shared, you always have to think of the context of the time. So with Erasmus, it was in the 1500s as well, early on the 1500s, late 1400s, early 1500s. And that came at the time of the Renaissance, where all of a sudden the Bible wasn't the only God-given literature that you could abide by. The whole Renaissance opened up a whole new world of humanism. And Erasmus did a lot to actually affect how we think and in a much more individualistic way and a less punitive way. And he was more into social justice issues. And he very much affected what happened then with Martin Luther. And there's a lovely quote that, that somebody said, Erasmus laid the egg and Martin Luther hatched it. Right. But we're always, when we're doing the book and when we do the workshops, it's looking into the idiosyncrasies of these amazing people. Mm. So we're trying to look at all of the, the different aspects of what shaped their life because that's what makes it interesting. And Martin Luther, and I want to tell this story because it's quite funny, but it's, it's, a, it's a good story that Martin Luther was obsessed with two things, constipation <laughs> and fear of the devil. Right. He was a very, very complex man. But what he did is that and he was translating the Greek biblical uh, texts into German. So he didn't just do it with a classical high language because at that time communication was so difficult because the majority of people weren't able to read. So what he used to do is disguise himself and go down into abattoirs and actually hear people speaking and those idioms, you know, the the, the grassroots German Mm. language of what people... So when he was translating the Bible, he was making sure that the translation would be communicable at the very grassroots. It wasn't highbrow language. And it was really down-to-earth man as well. So whenever he was communicating to his congregations or out there, you know, and and the the people at all levels, you know, I I talked to Johnson this morning. I said, you know, what what should I say about Martin Luther? And I talked about using this quote of Erasmus Mm. uh, laying egg and Martin Luther hatching it. And he says, well, a very good quote that he used because of his obsession with constipation is, he says, and one of the letters that he wrote out widely because it, it was at the time whenever the printer was just 
yeah. born as well. So the communication, the, press the, and whatever the press yeah. was just, that was an amazing, it's like our technology today, it was that big. And and one of his letters, and anyway, I turned around at the end of the letter and he wanted to let people just know that my arse is bad. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, don't you get on? I know whenever you get on, but apparently that he was obsessed with all of this and he, he, he drew up a diary of the constipation and all the rest Aye. of it. But you know, we're well, all... Well, thankfully you didn't publish that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the ethical and shared remembering, we were trying to get under the skin of all the personalities because you hear yeah. these big names, but you really, really don't know them. So what makes ordinary people do yeah. extraordinary things? You know, what makes people tick? And you can't look at a, a time then, but it throws you back in the present. There's so many things that resonate with what, what goes on today. So when we were looking at personalities of the decade, for example, and hopefully it'll happen with Martin Luther, you're thrown back to, right, here are our current politicians. Uh, here are the current people in the churches that are influencing. What's been written out there in the literary world that, that's helping to shape young people as well? And, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to Ed Sheeran, and he had a really, really bad stutter as a child. But what helped him was Eminem's song because of the rap and you had to speak quickly yeah, the rhythm, yeah. so you get the rhythm of it you know so so all of a sudden you know what's influencing young people but it also stopped a stutter mm. also examining these amazing people that what's relevant today and what helps to shape us if, if that makes sense yeah. you know just it's not just a book and a publication it's going to be a series of workshops mm-hmm. that Johnson's going to be involved in as well yeah so I suppose there's a couple of questions firstly people want a copy of the book What's mm-hmm. the best way to go about getting it? And then what are the plans for the rolling up? Yeah. Well, we launched it in Belfast there at the end of last month and we will be launching it out, out here mm-hmm. uh, in Hollywell Diversity Community Partnership and that'll be launched soon. We're just finalising that. The book will be sold for £10 a right. copy but also at the launch we'll probably do special offers at times and um, not only with the launch but the book will be here for sale for people to access it and we'll be developing a training course out of that mm-hmm. so people can actually come and really enjoy and be challenged by the contents and this is grassroots community-based education. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not highbrow and you know for somebody like myself who is not an academic I'll have to read this book. No. I'll be on helping to deliver it along with other colleagues. But it'll be sitting alongside people, uh, reading some of the materials that are put out there and being challenged by what is being said, but also listening to other people's inputs mm. uh, and how it, how it might impact in their everyday life. So it's it's open for absolutely anybody and everybody who has an interest and also people who know nothing about that period in time yeah. or want to know particular areas that might be of interest for them in, in the field of community relations and peace building. No, I find it really interesting the whole contextualised learning and contextualised remembering and that, that's part of the programme. It's yeah. it's fascinating and I think one of the things that was really powerful through the Ethical Shared the first time round, and mm. you've already touched on it, was the, the personalities of the decade yeah. and if you can do something similar where we mm. can when you personalise mm-hmm. it, I think people start to see the relevance Absolutely. of it. Ah, totally. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. Uh, it's enjoyable. I mean, there's a chapter in there about Erasmus and the humanist approach. Mm. And reading that, I sort of thought it was about getting back to what the theology of the day was all about. And it was empowerment. It was about social justice. It's all the language, Jared, that we use today. Aye. And it's absolutely beautiful. And I'm thinking if we could recover a fraction 
of what Erasmus was trying to do at the time. And he came with his own flaws, yeah. you know. But he, he was working and they were working, a number of them, in very, very difficult times. I mean, in one of the chapters there, I think, I'll not mention it, but there's one particular uh, king that burnt, now we couldn't believe this and had research it, over 22,000 women for being witches. Hmm. They had torture chambers and they burnt them. Now, is this misogyny or what was going on there at that time yeah. that, the, that they would think that it was okay? And, they, you know, the numbers of women that got burnt as witches. And, and you find throughout that period of history how violent it was uh, and state and uh, religion obviously were in bed together and how inseparable that was. And they actually had a, a, a programme. And this is what the likes of Erasmus and, and Martin Luther railed against, is that it was called indulgences, no. where you, if you were wealthy, you could pay. Plenary indulgences. And, and yeah, so that you sons. could bypass. Yeah, and so if you weren't going to purgatory, you were going straight to heaven. And that was just a way for the church to make money. Hmm. So it's huge corruption, huge dishonesty, huge violence through the churches and that's why there was always this idea that you know you, you had people like Erasmus and reformed always to be reformed and so many people who railed against it ended up being tortured and uh, burnt mm. at the stake it was a very courageous thing to come out and speak out against Martin Luther himself came out and spoke out against it you know and when he uh, nailed the thesis to the, the, the door church. of the church you know he knew that he was going to be in for a hard time as well. But then he got a huge following mm. as a result of that, you know. And, and it was just people railing up against the authorities, against the wealthy and against the elite. But there's so much in it that we can relate to today around social justice, mm. as you said. I can hear some of the echoes already. And, and, and how the Bible was interpreted. And now they're looking at ways in which it was interpreted that were actually used to punish people. You know, penance was misinterpreted. Mm. And, and that didn't suit the churches whenever... It was interpreted as you do penance and then all of a sudden it became a meaning for something else okay. uh, and that didn't please churches too well. So these wee things, scriptures, sola scriptura, how the, the Bible was interpreted again. There's a whole uh, thing in the chapter about sola scriptura, about how it was literally interpreted. Whenever there's big parables and mm-hmm. meanings that were to be taken out of it, but again through the misinterpretation. It was about yeah. control over the people and power over. Uh, and we don't have to go too far to listen no. to the radio this morning and the, the whole issue around some of the big, big burning issues today. Very yeah. much something for everybody that's very, not only contextualising with them today, but it's just as relevant and yeah. resonates with people today. Well, good luck with it, Maureen. I'm looking forward to being part of it, hopefully, <laughs> a little look. And thanks for coming and telling us about it. You're very welcome. Thank you. Next week on the Hollywell Testimony Series. James King, who people may not be aware, comes from the Protestant community, comes originally from Larne. Eamon O'Donnell, publican, former prisoner, but who is most known in this city for his wonderful, crazy, anarchic street theatres and community drama. And I remember this young girl was compass, and we are just starting off, we are just making noises, because we didn't know where it was going to go. And she went past, and she danced past, and she went, we were, we were rocky. And see that moment, I said, there's something here. Another woman came by and said, you'll never be bored. And so we that was that, our text. That was our phrase. We used that then. <laughs>
What? We are never bored. We are never bored. We never, never, never bored. Missed an episode? Then why don't you search for all our podcasts on our SoundCloud.com page. Just search for Hollywell Trust. Or on Apple Podcasts, search for Hollywell Trust. So, Jer, tell us about the Hollywell Stew. I know there's um, an event coming up on the 24th. Have you had much response? I think the last time that we talked, we were asking for proposals for people to come in and pitch for support. And I'm delighted to be able to say that we've had 12 proposals. That's brilliant. So we've got four pitchers for each of the three events that we're doing. And the, the first event that's coming up on the 24th of May, as you said, and we're, the tickets are on sale for that now. They're priced at £10, but what £10 gets you is a nice dinner and the opportunity then to actively get involved in how we're going to invest this micro amount of money to make a difference in the, in the local community. And we really want to see people coming along to the event. And what's really important is to buy a ticket because... The tickets that we sell, the £10 tickets that we sell, if we sell enough of them, the more we sell, the more the group gets, essentially, yeah. because whatever we take at the door is what the prize money is for that night. So if we sell 60, the group gets £600. Mm. That's a simple equation. And we would be delighted to pack the place out. Mm. Partly because it's really good process. We want the groups to do well out of it. But it's going to be good, correct? Yeah, it's also a really good uh, sort of social social gathering as well, isn't it? Having something to eat and hearing what you know people's ideas of, of things they want to start up. That's, that's really good. good. So we're going to have four people coming to talk about their projects for four minutes. Just I heard feedback from a couple of people saying, "If I'm going out for my dinner, I want to talk to whoever's at my table. I don't want to have to listen to somebody yeah. else." But it's a slightly different process. Mm. It's about hearing people for a maximum of twenty minutes mm. and then a vote and about a crack. But, and then they will get to talk to people at their table as well. Aye, you know, aye. So. You know, it's not, it's not that that's disallowed. Mm. And you can even bring a bottle of refreshment yeah. of your choice. Really looking forward to that. The first one's going to be on the 24th of May. Mm-hmm. And we then have them on the, the 14th and the 28th of June. June yeah. The tickets are all on sale. They're on sale through eventbrite.co.uk. Mm-hmm. You just search for Hollywell Stew. You'll see the three events. Hollywell Stew 1, 2 and 3. Buy a ticket for... Each of them, if you want, or the one that you fancy going to, hopefully mm-hmm. the one on the 24th they start with. Yeah. And if you can't get online, then just call into the reception area you and you, reception. you get your ticket at reception as well. Okay, so that's it for episode two. Thank you very much for listening. A few other thanks to get through as well. Thanks to Rajin and Maureen for joining us earlier on. Thanks to our funders again, the Department of Foreign Affairs Reconciliation Fund, the Community Relations Council and Derry City and Strabane District Council, who both provide us with core funding, and to the Executive Office through their Central Good Relations Fund, who funded our testimony interviews. And just on the testimony interviews, a quick reminder to say that the interviews that were carried out with Seamus Heaney, Caroline Brown and Nigel Hussey are all available online. Next up, we have James King and Eamon O'Donnell. That should be really interesting. Remember that the Civic Activism Project uh, will be out and about over the next couple of weeks, so please let us know your thoughts on the themes of debt and poverty in the city centre. Remember, buy your tickets to the Hollywell Stew Project. Uh, subscribe through SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And a final thanks to D Curran for production support. So look forward to talking to you again next time. You can stay up to date with us on our social media pages. On Facebook, look for the Hollywell Trust. And on Twitter, it's at Hollywell Tea.